Hi, you guys. Welcome back to Simple Home Sitting Life Podcast. I am Anne, and today we're going to talk about that beautiful green tomato, you know, the one that is filling your garden up right now, and you more than likely have a lot more than you thought you did. So what are we going to do with it? Most people have great ideas on how to utilize it, but some of you guys are new to having so many green tomatoes. So we're going to talk about ways to preserve the green tomato, the acidity level of it, not to confuse it with the heirloom variety. And then on top of that, the methods in which you can actually preserve it with a few recipes. So sit back. If you've got a garden that has green tomatoes in it that you need to do something with, let's talk about that for a second. So we'll be back and we'll get started. We have talked about my garden and the drama that happens in it every single year in regards to tomatoes, living in the mountains, cool weather, a horrible, horrible spring that didn't even allow us to warm up until almost the end of July. The amount of rainfall we received and the fact that over 20, 30, 40 tomato plants were pretty much dead. They were so far gone that I should have actually tossed them, but I'm glad I didn't because there's there's other reasons why. So basically what I did, I'll, I'll tell you what I did was I cut them down to about six inches. I stripped them all of their leaves other than whatever slightly hint of a healthy green leaf that was on them, they were stripped back. And then from there, they're planted. Um, they were already planted in a raised bed, but we built a polytunnel over them. And I'm going to tell you within one week of that polytunnel going up, and a little bit of the warm weather that we were getting in August, because this is still the beginning of August, my tomatoes, the ones that were dying, those little tiny dead tomato plants, shot up. Shot up to about five feet in less than two weeks. And then from there, we ended up having to discover that it still wasn't enough. So we polytunneled it. We ended up keeping the polytunnel closed over it the entire month of August. So we started to notice that we finally were getting some blossoms on these tomatoes and I still had hope. I still had hope. And this was about week two, two, maybe week three of August. And I still had hope. So I went ahead and I gave them a great big hair, haircut, kept all the blossoms that were basically below that point. And now we have beautiful, beautiful Samarzano tomatoes and some even Roma tomatoes. However, they're still green, really really green. So I need to come up with a plan B in regards to what am I going to do with all these green tomatoes? We're talking about my slicing tomatoes are still green and all of my canning tomatoes are still green. So I'm going to probably have about, I would say almost 200 pounds of green tomatoes that I have to work with. So what am I going to do with all these green tomatoes? I'm going to tell you my secrets for all of my green tomatoes, but let's talk about the, the making of the green tomato. What makes it green? So when I first shared that I'm working with green tomatoes, someone goes, well, what is a green tomato? Is it just an unripe tomato or is it an heirloom tomato? And let me, let me just squash that right now. It is actually an unripe tomato. No, there, it, the tomatoes that I was working with wasn't the heirloom, the, um, the German green tomatoes, that heirloom tomato in that sense where it actually turns green and stays green. Now, these are just straight unripe tomatoes, brandy wines, for example. Now I'm going to have a bunch of Semrazanos and Romas, but that's what they are. They're basically brandy wines that were green and um, that needed something to do with the branch had broken. So I needed to put them up. That's what it boils down to. So that is what a green tomato is. The ones that we end up working with aren't really the heirloom varieties because those are hard to can if you wanted to do slices, but they are actually just straight unripe tomatoes. 
let's talk about the processing time and the acidity. So even though green tomatoes are higher in acidity than red tomatoes, there are variations that are going to make them questionable in regards to the true level of acidity. For example, air, water, the plant itself, and the soil plays into effect in regards to the acidity level of an item like tomatoes. So when you're dealing with green tomatoes, you want to just assume that they are just as the same level of acidity as a red tomato. Even though we know that they're not, it was tested that they're not, we want to treat them the same just to be a little bit more cautious. So exactly what does that mean when we say treat them the same? The first thing I want to talk about is the canning time, the actual process. Tomatoes can be canned in a hot water bath canner or a pressure canner. I mean, based on convenience of what you want and you have in that time. If you're going to can it in a hot water bath canner, make sure you put the jars underneath water by at least two to three inches. Why is that when it's standard about one inch? Because of the amount of time it takes to hot water bath tomatoes properly in order to ensure that there's no potential bacteria within your jars. So the processing time is based on your elevation, of course. But think about it this way. An average jar of tomato is about, uh, to can is about 40 minutes. And that is not even stewed tomatoes. Stewed tomatoes have to be done in a pressure canner. So your processing time is extremely longer than any pickled item. So you need to prepare yourself for that. That is no different with the green tomato. You still process it according to a red tomato processing time. All right, so the next tip you need to know about green tomatoes is this, is that even though the acidity of a green tomato is higher than the reds, we already talked about that, you still need to increase the acidity level, level within the jar, meaning that you are gonna need to have some type of either vinegar, a white wine vinegar is actually great with it if you don't like the distilled vinegar mixed in there, or you can just do it by adding bottled lemon juice. Now, bottled lemon juice has a higher amount of acidity than a fresh lemon. I know, we, we, we gear ourselves to just consuming a cleaner item, you know, if we have the lemons on hand. However, keep that in mind. Bottled lemon juice is higher in acidity than a fresh lemon. So when we do that, you're going to increase the acidity per jar. So you're going to fill your tomatoes in the jar, and then from there, you're going to add the appropriate amount of lemon juice that you're going to need. In each of my articles that um, have tomatoes in them, you'll see how much to increase the acidity by. Usually with pints, it is actually one tablespoon and quarts, it's two tablespoons. So that, that's an average ball game and that's pretty standard for most tomato products. That also applies true for green tomatoes. So if you're canning a nice jar of green tomatoes, something or another, it's the same thing in quarts, two tablespoons, and then the same thing for pints is one tablespoon. So that's what I'm talking about, the variation. So the processing time for green tomato is same as the red. The acidity booster is same as the red. So there's no change when it comes to that. I know it's kind of confusing, especially when they teach us that the acidity level is already high, but we're just too uncertain based on those things that I told you, water, air, um, soil, and then the seed itself. So follow those little guidelines. It's one extra step in your process and you won't regret it in the end. So I'm gonna touch real quick. Acidity boosters are bottled lemon juice, for example, are a great one. Um, with vinegar, red wine vinegar, white wine vinegar. We're just gonna stick to the tomatoes on this, okay? So, but you have to make sure with the vinegars that it's a 5% acidity and it's marked on the bottle as 5%. I cannot stress that enough because I did find a bottle of distilled vinegar, vinegar that was only 4% acidity. So always make sure you look, especially if you're buying a new brand.
Okay, so it's just basically the same thing. If you don't want to use bottled lemon juice, use the vinegar. White wine, vinegar, and tomatoes partner exceptionally well together. So you could use a vinegar instead as an alternative to the um, bottled lemon juice. Okay, so I'm sure some of you might have heard that green tomatoes can be a little toxic to your digestive system. It does contain a compound called solanine, and it's spelled S-O-L-A-N-I-N-E. And what that is, is that if your body consumes too much unripe tomatoes, it can make you a little yucky feeling like in your digestive system and in your tummy. So the way around this is, is to use green tomatoes as an ingredient in a recipe. Items like green tomato sauce and relish, those items, you know, those recipes have other items in it. So you're breaking up the green tomatoes by adding other things to make it easily digestible into your body. However, the number one article on my website right now is canning sliced green tomatoes. How is that okay? if the toxicity is in these green tomato products. So the sliced green tomatoes that I have for canning are actually okay. And the reason why is because you're not going to sit down and eat a whole entire quart size jar. At least I hope you're not in one sitting. So you're just basically consuming a slice or two, maybe even three of breaded green tomatoes. The tomatoes are already basically cooked through the canning process. So when you go to actually fry them up, all you have to do is fry them enough till they're warm on the inside and then the breading is completely brown. So sliced green tomatoes, fried green tomatoes are actually okay to consume. So when you're canning it, just don't sit down and devour the whole jar without making it into a side dish, not necessarily a main dish. Even though they're good enough to be a main dish, you wanna treat them as a side dish with other items. The recipes that I'm going to talk about here are actually canning recipes. Now, there are a million and one things to do with fried or with green tomatoes. I'm just see, my mind is on fried green tomatoes. There are a million things to do with green tomatoes. However, let's talk about the canning process on there. And then I'm going to give you a link to a friend um, who actually has like 50 recipes for the green tomato. And from there, you guys can choose what you want to make. But soon... Soon you guys will come to love green tomatoes as much as I do, and you're going to be hoping that some of them don't turn green. As a matter of fact, many locations in the farmer's markets will pick them green and sell them that way because green tomatoes is pretty much a delicacy um, because it's not available any other time than in the summer months. You can't get green tomatoes any other time of the year other than from your garden or a farmer's market during the summer. So the first recipe, of course, is canning sliced green tomatoes for frying at a later date. Deep in the winter months, you're going to think back in all those green tomatoes, and you're going to have them in a jar, and you're going to fry them up. They serve wonderfully with um, burgers or brats or chicken or even pork. And sometimes if you just want a quick snack, you know, because you're craving fried foods like I do every once in a while, just break them out and bring, in, bring out a jar, batter them up, and fry them in your cast iron for a quick snack in the middle of the day. Not the healthiest snack in the world, but the most delicious snack in the world. And then you can make a homemade buttermilk ranch dressing with it. Oh my gosh, I'm going to tell you one of the best, best wintertime eatings you're ever going to have. And like I said, be prepared. You're going to want to pick some green tomatoes next year just to can them in sliced green tomatoes. I'm sure many of you guys have heard about canning a green pasta sauce. 
it is really delicious. It really, really is. Um, it's easy to do. You're just basically following a spaghetti sauce recipe. It's got your herbs in it, some onions, some garlic, some basil, you know, all the good stuff in it that you would actually add to a red sauce. However, this particular green sauce, Pompadori Verde, and my Italian accent is not well, so you're going to get the flat end of it, Pompadori Verde. And, you know, <laughs> I laugh because I can't say it and I'm half Italian. So anyways, this, when you serve it up, you're going to serve it with heavy cream. So you're going to have your home base canned sauce of green sauce. And then you're going to add a little bit of cream and you're going to add freshly grated Parmesan. And you're going to melt it and mix it all together. And then you serve it over a nice thin noodle. And then you add some seared scallops to it if you have seared scallops. And it is delicious. This year, I will actually be sharing that recipe. And the reason why is because hence I have a million green tomatoes sitting out there right now. And I do need to do something with them. I have put up enough sliced green tomatoes for us to enjoy throughout the winter. But now I think I need to put up more green tomato sauce. It's one of Justin's favorites. And when I go ahead and add the cream and the Parmesan cheese and the seared scallops, I'm going to tell you, um, he actually prefers it with my egg noodles. But Sometimes I think that a, a lighter, thinner angel hair pasta noodle is better with it than the homemade egg noodles, even though my homemade egg noodle recipe is divine. Sometimes a lighter, thinner pasta is better. So you guys are going to get that recipe here coming up soon. So look out for it on my website. But that is one of the things that you definitely need to put up if you have an abundance of green tomatoes. So the last two items that I have canned in the past that I don't do anymore, and there's no other reason for it other than my family did not enjoy it, but your family might, so keep that in mind, is basically a garden relish consisting of green tomatoes and all the relish ingredients on that. Um, I can give you some links if you want them for the best green tomato relish recipe. Like I said, my family doesn't eat it. We make zucchini relish, and that's what they enjoy, and we're just going to stick to that instead. The other thing you can can is a chutney. A green tomato chutney is, <laughs> I love it. Nobody else did, so there's no point putting it up anymore, and I was the only one eating it, so it would take me a little bit of time to get through the jars. So basically, green tomatoes, bell peppers, onions, and a little bit of parsley make this beautiful chutney, and it's delicious. You guys should try that. It goes great with pork and even red meat on the side. So if you guys like a chutney, a green tomato chutney is absolutely fabulous to can. So if your family will eat it, can it. So I hope I saved a lot of you guys from being so disheartened that your tomatoes did not turn red like plans because that's what we all aim for. We aim for that perfect red tomato so we could put up salsas and stewed tomatoes and whole tomatoes and crushed tomatoes and you know, chili sauce and spaghetti sauce. However, don't be discouraged. I just gave you a ton of options on what to do with green tomatoes. So you should savor them. Now, of course, if you have some that are half green and half red, go ahead and let them ripen on your windowsill or pull out the whole plant and hang it upside down and let the half and half ones ripen, but pull the green ones to go ahead and can up in their own delicious way. So with that said, go ahead and give some of these recipes a try and see if they are for you. If not, you're gonna be stuck with a lot of green tomatoes and not knowing what to do with them, especially this year when, when our seasons have been as crazy as they are. 
All right, you guys, that's it for this episode of Working with Green Tomatoes. Next, we're going to talk about extending your gardening season and how can you manage something like that. Now, some of you guys who are in cooler climates may not be able to do this. However, if you do have a little bit of a longer fall or if you do have an area that does not receive heavy snowfall as a whole, this is something that you can do. But it's not only to extend your growing season, it is great for the spring season as well as for starting seeds. So come back next week and let's talk about a DIY polytunnel and the uses for it and how easy it is to assemble for less than $40 and all the things that we are planning on doing with it on our homestead. So I'll talk to you guys next week and until then, have a great week and we'll talk to you later.